1: Welcome to the last man on the pod European podcast of two thousand and eighteen. I'm your host James Rome and once again I'm joined by my partner in, in crime Scott Monroe Scott good evening. how are you Good
0: evening yeah not too bad just counting uh just working down the dates of Christmas
1: yeah, not too long to go. This is our last uh, European podcast of the two thousand of the year of two thousand and eighteen, so we thought we'd give our listeners a special treat tonight in discussing our highlights. Of this year. I know our podcast hasn't been going very long, but we're quite well known already and, 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 and listeners are being well looked after, especially in terms of knowledge. So we'd like to give them a special treat and discuss our highlights of the year. And I thought that we would kick off tonight with particular games that have stuck in the memory. What, what's, been, what's been some of the games for you in 2018, Scott?
0: Um, I've got a couple in mind. Uh, two... Um, I'm sorry one domestic one Champions League Uh, two domestic because Champions League is uh, sort of that sort of competition and one in the World Cup Um, one in the Champions League is quite close to heart okay Um, it's the Champions League quarterfinal between Roma and Barcelona I missed both plays because I was in the States watching uh, Wrestlemania okay because I watched I watched the wrestling in New Orleans and Fox Sports in the States um to put, oh, they put Roman Barcelona on Fox Sports One. No, they put it on their Facebook page, and they put Man City Liverpool. So I'm in the put in the hotel pool area with a friend of mine, and I'm keeping up to abreast with the score. and I seen it was one nil. I went okay. Jacko scored. About an hour later, I seen Dorossi scored a penalty. I went my mate rich i went rich i've got to go i've got to turn on fox sports i've got to go back to the hotel room and literally was just scrolling through i was watching the game via twitter (laughs) as you do sometimes Mm. and when it was three 0 and when they showed the goal on fox sports i literally ran around my hotel room like an absolute maniac and then i was i was i was in tears after the game it was so
1: emotional really yeah it was emotional I was just jumping around for joy I know f- football can be an emotional game but yeah it was
0: amazing and when I got back from the States I actually watched the highlights and I watched the game after, like on on the Thursday because I left uh, New Orleans like Wednesday afternoon mm. and actually on that afternoon I got into Charlotte, North Carolina mm. and on that day Real Madrid were playing Juventus and that's the day Buffon got sent off mm. For having a go at the, uh, the English referee, yeah. uh, M- Mike Waller.
1: Mike Waller, yeah. yeah. And I rewatched that game on my flight home. <laughs> I was just like, hey, just, you, you've absolutely bossed that when I'm lucky to go out. But I watched the
0: Roma game jet lagged.
1: And, and it was amazing. What made it even sweeter was uh, Peter Drury's commentary. And if yeah. anyone on, uh, sees it on BT Sport,
0: absolutely made that commentary. Made Manolas's goal, and it was amazing. And uh, the semi-final wasn't too bad either against Liverpool—a five-two in the first leg, and a, a Roma four-two win in the second leg. And uh, yeah. That game is quite close to my heart.
1: Indeed, I—you well, spoke about um, Juventus. Um to Real Madrid, I was on a train from Tokyo Central Station to the airport, ready to get my flight back from japan and uh, i read, i was i had the um I had the updates on b b c sport online and they were saying about Buffon and getting sent off and Ju- Juve's last chance to win um for him to win uh, the Champions League and um yeah it wasn't, wasn't quite meant to be and i think with the roma one as well i was in japan at the time and obviously with the different with the time difference you you're a little bit out of kilter and uh, you go about your day with all the things you do and the new surroundings, and you realise that Roma have knocked out Barcelona, and uh, yeah, fully deserved. I, I was pleased for the um, for the Roma manager as well, you Savio Div- uh, Di Francesco I believe. I thought I, thought I was pleased. Yeah. I was pleased for him, you know, because I mean, Roma have always had something about them, and 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 you'll be pleased to know that they play Porto in uh, in the last sixteen of this season's Champions League, and um, I believe that game is fifty fifty.
0: I agree and I'm looking hopefully to get tickets for that game if I can get the time off work and maybe another Champions League game which may be on the next day but that's fingers crossed for the time being. Um our Champions League one was pretty good for Roma because they knocked off Shakhtar yeah on, on away goals. Barcelona on away goals and then lost to Liverpool 7-6. Yeah.
1: It could have it pre- could have all been so different.
0: And they did pretty well in the group stage bridge at Chelsea and Carabaug and they qualified on the, I think it was on the last day
1: mm.
0: when they beat Carabaug and Atletico Madrid failed to win in Chelsea and Atletico went into Europa League
1: Indeed and that leads us on to my game of the year um, from an Arsenal perspective it was Arsenal-Atletico at the Emirates uh, Arsenal's first European semi-final for nine years and um, I managed to get time off and I flew back for it um, the game was a fantastic atmosphere, one of the best atmospheres the Emirates ever known, especially for a European match. And it was the best Atletico team against the best Arsenal team that we could muster. And, you know, to go 1-0 up and to be having chances to go 2-0 up and then uh, Griezmann keeps himself alive and keeps himself alert and dispossesses uh, Koscielny and goes on a run, OK, gets a bit of luck, but that away goal basically sealed our fate but the whole um uh, the whole match you know to to see a game like that live and to watch a defense like atletico Madrid live i mean i must have watched godin off the ball on many occasions lucas and um lucas hernandez felipe luis jimenez oblak there was verbal communication there was also hand gestures, and they made everything look so easy. And I just thought to myself that this, it, really it was like a Champions League game being played in the Europa League setting, but uh see me only getting sent off, got the crowd really worked up. And um, yeah, I walked out of there thinking our oh, chance has gone, but believing we could still do it. And unfortunately it wasn't meant to be in the second leg in Madrid, but I still went to the Europa League final in Lyon. A lot of um, Arsenal fans sold their tickets because they didn't want to go because Arsenal didn't get there. I never weighed up that decision at all. You know, how often do you get to go to a European um, final? Not very often. And um, Lyon is a wonderful, wonderful city, the gastronomical capital of France. Uh, A wonderful city to host a final in. It was really chilled out and relaxed. There was no trouble. Everybody was friendly. It was like being in Marseille because it was overrun with Marseille fans. But um, I've mentioned on the pod before when we were speaking about Lyon, if uh, if people get the chance to go there and uh, obviously with the Barcelona fans facing them in the last 16 of the Champions League, they are, it's a beautiful stadium, very easy to get to, good sight lines as well. And um, yeah, fantastic away day. And uh, for me, uh, the Arsenal-Atletico match and the... Um, and the uh, Euro- uh Europa League final I'd like to go Lutego Marseille will uh, will stay long in the memory for me when I think back to two
0: thousand and eighteen. Can I ask about Leon?
1: Yes. there good hotels near near
0: the stadium, or is it not too far away from the stadium.
1: Uh, not too far away. I got myself a hotel on the edge of the red metro line. I think the metro stop is, is called La Parache. Okay. and uh, and then it's not too far from the the uh, quaint shopping streets and then what you do is you get a metro to the to a certain station which then you can get the train fif within 15 minutes from that station you're uh, they pull up to the station and then you're a 15 minute walk away from the stadium the concourse is is really fast and really big people were really friendly as well I got the opportunity to practice my French for the first time in a long time I wasn't very poor I was feeling quite smug actually but it was uh, it was good fun and nice to speak to the Atletico Madrid fans and to the Marseille fans and a wonderful, wonderful experience but I couldn't help thinking it would have been a hundred nice. time, times more special if my own club would have got there and to know that you're going You know that would have been the stuff of fairy tales but and uh, it was an experience that I'll never forget and uh, one that I will hold dear, and uh, I can't speak highly enough of Lyon and the stadium, and uh, and and France in that respect for hosting that final, and um, I take my hat off to them really.
0: Oh, course, cool. I only ask that because that's on my uh, Lyon is on my hit list to do stadium wise. I had the chance um, in twenty sixteen. I had Euro twenty sixteen tickets to four. Uh, games one in Paris one in Saint Etienne mm. uh, one in Lyon I think the other one is in Marseille but sadly I had to give them up because I couldn't get the time off work oh. I Haven't been in, the st- in in Dallas just a couple of months beforehand to yeah. watch, again to watch the wrestling mm. it would have been nice but Lyon is on my hit list to do in 2019 and 2020
1: well if you need any advice you know where to come and I, I, of I, I can't I can't speak highly enough of it it's really quaint it's not a too busy city it's not a massive uh metropolis and uh, a really really fun city i can imagine if you lived there as well you you live really good i can yeah, imagine
0: and, uh, the, the lifestyle and the food
1: as well absolutely and the people were friendly and um yeah it was good fun and uh roll on to the next uh to the next european final for me although i don't quite know where that's going to be yet at this moment in time we are now going to move on uh, to the next subject, uh, Scott. What about, um, are, there, are there any particular players that have caught your eye this, this year that you, uh, that you remember in terms of um, qu- uh, specific quality or ones that have um, made a good impression? Are, are there players that you think about in that respect? Um,
0: I've got two. Um, one, I was actually talking with a friend today. Um, what, uh, it's Maro Cardi. Yeah. and he's had a stellar year again in Italy Serie A and his first year in the Champions League sadly they got knocked out um, on goal difference against Spurs but um, in 2018 Icardi's been amazing for Inter as I, I think me and you James have talked about him uh, in the past where yeah. he can he can have a horrid 94 minutes out of 95 and then he'll, he'll have the winner like yeah. he did in the Milan derby He's got absolute poacher's instinct, and
1: he's for me he's one of the best strikers in Europe and in in world football. Very interesting. I think he had a bit of a to do with the Inter fans, but I think they've forgiven him now, haven't
0: they? Yeah, he's club captain. That that happened a couple of years ago when there was an incident away at Sassuolo where. He threw his shirt in the crowd, they rejected it, then he done an autobiography, I think I think he said something about the Inter Ultra, saying that, oh I can bring 50 of my friends from Argentina down and then we can have a real fight, but yeah, he's. I think he's a bit more mature now, yeah, he's now married with a couple of kids, <laughs> now married to Maxi Lopez's ex-wife, that is a, a, a story for another time.
1: Yeah. Who's now his? A,
0: is now his, his? His
1: agent and uh, his he's like, wife. He's, is his agent or Maxi Lopez. is his agent. Uh, no, Maxi Lopez is not his agent.
0: Maxi Lopez is playing in Brazil for Vasco da
1: Gama. Okay, very interesting.
0: And uh, Wanda Nara uh, is his agent.
1: That's okay. His wife. Okay, very interesting indeed. And the and the other player. Um,
0: it's Christoph Piontek, the Polish striker for Genoa, who mm. has come in and he's the top goal scorer in the Coppa Italia. He scored six and two. Sadly Genoa are no longer in it. They got beat by Virtus and Entella on penalties. Uh, and they will now play Roma in the Coppa Italia oh. in January. And uh, in the league he is uh, I think he's got twelve? in 15 games he went on a massive stretch where I think he scored 8 in 8 or 9 in 9 and he he scored at the weekend probably the easiest goal he'll score against Roma where Robin Olsen let it through his legs and then gave up and then realised he had time but Piontek was in like a so fast he he poached it in but yeah he's a player to watch out for he's been turning heads in Italy Um, another another
1: instinctive striker you give him a chance he'll bury it do you, do you think he'll stay in Italy? Uh,
0: with the bat oh no, i the batshit crazy you owner know, that general have got he, I feel he'll, he'll cash in in the
1: summer ok and will he do you think he'll remain in Italy or do you think he'll go abroad?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a tough question I know a couple of Italian clubs have been linked with him it depends who has the best uh Best financial offer for him, but I can see him going abroad, like Premier League, and I can see I can see Juventus nabbing him as well.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, yeah it'd be very interesting to see what happens. If I was to think about two players for me that really caught my, well, say caught my eye. I've known them both. I've known of both of them for a very, very long time. I'll start with uh, a World Cup winner. And uh, the man that decided the Europa League final, and the man who's just even since his days at Real Sociedad, he was uh, a tremendous, tremendous stri- uh, striker, and that's uh, Antoine Griezmann. I, I just, uh, I just think he's, uh, I think he's tremendous. I think his movement is sublime. Having watched him live, not just in the Europa League final, but also in the. Um, Also in the Super Cup final in Tallinn, which uh, Atletico Madrid won 4-2. When you watch him move, when he hasn't got the ball, you'll see him pointing. You'll see him pointing to a space. You'll see him making a a five-yard sprint. You'll see him speaking to one of his midfielders. And then you look a couple of minutes later and he's in the space that he was a couple of minutes before pointing at and he, his intuition i think is tremendous i think i'm delighted for him that he became world champion i think he was a massive part of that success uh, for france i've known i've known of him scott since his um since his real sociedad days where it seemed that every single goal that sociedad scored he scored it's it or he assisted it and he was uh you know I've known of him for a long time I think the atletico move for him was a perfect move from san sebastian you what you won't you won't time it better in terms of the uh the set up and the club and you know there was rumors that he's going to leave atletico why would he leave atletico and stay in spain what's he got left to do I and mean, you know and um i think that the um I think he, his game would suit a move abroad in the future but not quite yet I think he's got unfinished business at Atletico but he's um, he's tr- he's well loved by, uh, by the fans I think his comments when he said that he was eating at the same table as Messi and Ronaldo I think a lot of people took those um, comments out of context I believe he didn't mean talent wise and medals I believe he meant that he's loved as much by the Atletico fans, as 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 Messi and, and Messi is at Barcelona and Ronaldo was at Real Madrid, and I just think uh, I think he's got you know he's he's reaching the the autumn of his career now in terms of where's the next step going to be. There's another team in red and white. I wouldn't mind him signing for, but that's a story for another day. But um, I think um, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I'm del- I'm delighted that such a wonderful player that doesn't come along too often. And it's just so graceful. And, uh, you know, it just makes everything look so simple. And he's always playing with a smile on his face. You don't see him uh, getting red cards. You don't see him getting um, getting riled up or panicking. You just see him just floating around. And uh, just when he's ready to strike, you strike. And, and the shots are hard and true. And uh, just delighted for him that he's had such a tremendous year personally. Very un, uh, when he was at uh, Real Sociedad, he was a very underrated striker. Striker, I wouldn't call him a striker. Would you? Would you just call him like an attacking? Yeah, yeah. Or even a, a force nine in terms of the way he would drift. You know, I mean the the stories about how he was rejected by many many clubs in uh, in France for being far too small, and going to Real Sociedad and uh, then taking a chance on him, and, and you know crying in the car when his dad's taking him to the airport and, and saying goodbye to all his family and friends but uh, what a move for him you know and it just goes to show you hear about British football with you know it's as if people are describing a steel factory with physicality and strength and um, and, and 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 massive um, a massive endeavour you know this is a guy that's got finesse and this is a guy who's got a touch and knows exactly what he's doing and and uh, I'm just delighted for him he's had, a, he's had a tremendous year. I remember his goal in the Champions
0: League against Lyon at the Stade, uh, Stade de Gerland. Yeah. I think it was about maybe 4 5 seasons ago. Yeah. Um La Real finished 4th if yeah. I'm not mistaken in the Champions uh, in, the, in the Champions League in the in La Liga and he scored a wonderful bicycle yeah. kick. And uh, they won the game 2-0 and I think they won the game 2-0 in in and at home and they um, they got knocked out the Champions League by I think Manchester United in that group so that must have been the 2013-14 season yeah. and, he, and he's gone on ever since Atletico he's been amazing yeah. and for France they played a system where he is the uh, off the striker yeah. Siva Diego Costa uh, Nikola Kalinic it, it was Kevin Gamero and he just he's just Gaming game out, amazing. I know he's had a um, a tough time about maybe a year ago when he was whistled by his own fans. But no, no he's, he's he's different class, and he is. Um, he'll get a big move. I thought he would go to Barcelona.
1: No, for me, for me personally, I didn't see what he would gain by staying in Spain and signing elsewhere. People might say, I'll oh, do a league title," but that's not everything, is it? No, no, I mean that's that's that's, that's not that's not everything, is it? And the, the man's world champion, he, you know that that's a title that very very few people can say. And I'm just uh, it didn't surprise me that he stayed at, at Atletico. I wasn't surprised. The way it dragged out a little bit surprised me in terms of the manner, but in terms of the know. end, re- in terms of the end result, didn't uh, didn't surprise me. I look forward to his next move, and I'm, I'm going to be a little bit biased here. If he fancies coming to North London and playing for a team in red and white and wearing the famous number nine at Arsenal, then uh, you're more than welcome.
0: Just thank God he didn't go to Manchester United, which
1: was ruined a couple of years no, ago. No, he's a very smart kicker. He knows exactly what he's doing. I'm going to move on to a very to another very, very smart cookie who the whole world seems to be after. And once again, it's a player I've followed since he made his debut for Ajax Amsterdam, and that's Matthijs De Ligt. He recently won the Golden Boy Award for the best young player, and he's so humble, he's so, so humble. I mean, in his in his, um, in his his speech he said about, you know, there's still so much work to be done and I can't quite believe it. The latest rumours here, here in the Netherlands is that he... Um, uh, Juventus and Bayern Munich are knocking on the door My preference, Scott Is that he goes to one of those two teams I mean, I've watched him since he broke in He's captain at Ajax at the age of 19 years old And when and when you watch him defend I mean, yeah, OK, they won 8-0 at home to the Kravskap Last Sunday And he didn't have a lot to do But they were 4-0 up And I was sitting behind the goal And a, an attack from the Kravskap has come through, Scott And the lift is the first to it. He's shielding the ball. He's making sure the ball goes to a fellow player. You wouldn't think that those are the actions of a defender who knows that his team are 4-0 up. And he's just so driven. And when you hear him speak to the Dutch media as well, he he speaks like someone who's 30 or never mind 19. And he's just so sober and just so calm. And, you know, there's pace gathering in terms of the rumours for not just... um, Matthijs de Ligt, but also Frankie de Jong. But as I've stated when I spoke to Talksport 2 a couple of weeks ago uh, ahead of the Netherlands Germany game, um, both players, Frenkie de Jong and Matthijs de Ligt, they're not just supernatural talents. They're also two very intelligent young men. And I believe that they're going to surprise us with their eventual choices when they do leave Ajax. But they're going to concentrate on hopefully winning a league title for the first time in five seasons. Winning something of note, winning something in their own country, and um, and before making the move, I, th- I I don't think either of them, particularly most Matthijs de Ligt as captain, wants to leave the Netherlands not having won a, a sausage. So I think he wants to win. Um, my preference is that um, Bayern Munich or Juventus uh, sign de Ligt, being how good a defender he is. I think he would suit Serie A I think he'd do well and I think if you want to learn and school the art of defending even more so then I think Juventus is just the ticket so it'll be very interesting to see what happens and
0: you've got two masters of the art of defending one is 34 and he plays like he's 24 and Giorgio Chiellini yeah. who he's all arms and legs but oh my god his reading of the game is fantastic yeah. and He's, oh, watching him against Inter a couple of weeks ago oh, one of the best performances I've seen from a defender in a long while on Ajax um, do you think they'll get picked off their best players in January
1: or in the summer I can guarantee you 100% that Matthijs de, Le- de Ligt or Flenke de Jong will be leaving Amsterdam in January I can guarantee so, you that 100% whether they leave in the summer depends on whether Ajax win the league and uh, and what clubs come in. I know Hakim Ziyech is also highly rated and Roma linked, but it all depends on if they win a league title. Because especially for the young players, they've got time in their side t- to win and it would it would be a shame to have the likes of Matthijs De Ligt and Frenkie de Jong leave the Netherlands not having won anything of note. And, um, and I think they're intelligent enough to realise that. I think that Matthijs de Ligt and Frenkie de Jong will leave in the summer. I'll be surprised if a deal isn't brokered with a maybe a, a season loan back to Ajax. Maybe that's something that will be demanded by Ajax, I'm not sure. I just hope in the case of Matthijs de Ligt, if he does go to Juventus and he's schooled by the likes of um, of Chiellini and, uh, and the other wonderful defenders they have, if he's he sco- like yeah me. yeah if he's schooled properly he could go down as one of the greatest defenders of all time, eventually. I mean he, I mean it's it's a freak of nature you know to make your international debut at seventeen. I remember watching him uh, for, since he debuted on a regular basis for Ajax here, and you kept thinking how can he be 17-18 with the runs he was making and the, the way he's got the gumption to say to his fellow teammate, who's maybe four, five, six years older you shouldn't be standing there, you should be standing there or come in and tuck inside and help me here. It's just uh, it's something to behold really. I just hope he makes the right decision and it'll uh, be very interesting to see what happens.
0: There's a, There's a... a... A few players at Ajax that have been like uh, catching the eyes of like Europe's top teams. So you got them, them two,
1: Ziyech, uh, CH yeah, with C-H link to Roma, Roma and. Ro- Roma and-
0: Probably should have paid the 30-35 thirty thirty five million for him after signing Justin Cliver. So you got David Nairage, yeah, Brazilian
1: he, winger. He doesn't uh, play. He doesn't play all the time. He came off the bench on. Um, he came off the bench on Sunday. Tagliafico as well. Is uh, yeah. he was one of the, the shining lights last season. Tagliafico, having watched him regularly, Scott, he reminds me of Javier Zanetti. Not in terms of raw talent and ability, but in terms of temperament. It's okay. it's like in it's like an identical match, and um, they've Same got uh, nearly, <laughs> nearly. But they the temperament is what surprises me. Onano, the goalkeeper as well, is also uh, is also in good form. I think he turned down Olympic Marseille in the summer, and they've got a real good nucleus now. But it all depends if they um, if they win a league title. I think if they win a league title, some will say, "Okay, I've done it now." If they don't. Then it'd be interesting to see, but all, the, many many things can play a part. But for me, in terms of the the two players in two thousand and eighteen. I think I will remember Antoine Griezmann and Matthijs de Ligt. Yes, I have followed them both for many, many years. But I believe that um, the for them two in particular, it was a very good breakout year. Uh, in in particularly in the case of Matthijs de Ligt, in terms of coming to the fore and being well known all over Europe, and and Griezmann just cementing his uh, place as world champion as as the excellent attack of it is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I was
0: just going to add one other player and then your thoughts on Ajax, Real Madrid and Chelsea because I feel Ajax could get a result against Real Madrid and the way they're playing. Um, I just thought, what, what do you think about Kasper Dolberg?
1: Uh, well, to give you a little um, my opinion on Dolberg, um, Ajax won 8-0 at home to the Graf's Cup last um, Sunday and Dolberg didn't score a single goal.
0: Two hat-tricks in that game. And a well.
1: hat-trick from a defender, Daily Blintz, yeah. And a hat trick from Ziyech, but the 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 room that the Grafschap gave Ajax was just phenomenal, and it was just so so big. And I interviewed the manager of the Heng de Jong, back in August, and he told me about the importance of having a a game plan and being physically ready for Eredivisie matches. And it's as if it's as if they forgot that part on Sunday. But um, yeah, Dolberg, I've been stating for a long long time, Scott, on the. Uh, the last summer transfer window, not this one, the last one. Uh, Ajax had a de- uh, received a deadline day bid from Monaco for forty nine million euros. Yeah, so remember that. 2017. And, yeah, and um, and Dolberg, um, it was rejected because they could not find a replacement in the in the time left. And Dolberg, yes, he suffered an injury not so long after that. But I can imagine as well, when Monaco come in for you, you're very young. You've made massive strides since signing for Ajax from Danish side, Silkeborg. That when you're presented with the opportunity of Monaco, when that doesn't go through, I can I believe mentally that does something to you. And I, I, I think it's just not so much anguish, but maybe... What might have been, and um, yeah, I think he's going through the motions a little bit. They're going to need him in the title push, and um, I've been saying it for some time. I think Ajax will catch PSV. I I wouldn't be shocked if I'd be shocked if they didn't. But but they'll need Dolberg, and I think he'll come to the fore. I think it's just taking a little bit, a little bit longer. Maybe it's you know to do with uh, confidence perhaps. But uh, yeah, when he's on song, his his movement is is like quicksilver really.
0: Be interested to see where he, where he, if he stays or where he goes because uh, he's a very talented player and uh, just feel that he could have went to
1: Monaco if he had the yeah. chance, but yeah. maybe it's something he's regretting at the moment. Well, I, th- I think there wasn't so much that he could do because the club couldn't find a replacement. If the club could have found a replacement, he would have gone to Monaco. Gone, so it's not, finished. it's not as if they didn't want to give him the opportunity of a lifetime. It's just they couldn't. And um, it's just one of those things, really. Um, Scott, is there any other things you'd like to say in the, as we round off our end-of-year podcast? Are there any special mentions that you'd like to give? I've got um,
0: one... A, a game I went to, and uh, another game which was uh, a classic in my eyes. I wonder if you have another one yourself. And it was the final day of the Italian season, and it was a Champions League playoff. So it was fourth versus fifth at the Stadio Olimpico, and you had Lazio versus Inter. And Stefan De Vrij was the, the main talking point of this because he was out of contract in the summer, and the rumours were going around well, where is he going to go? he's now playing for Inter and he made a bit of a mistake in this game he gave away the penalty which Maroccardi equalised for Inter and he got subbed off just moments after and he did not look best pleased after the final whistle um, it was an amazing game one of the best games I've seen in a long while of Italian football um, Inter took the, uh, no, Lazio took the lead from Adam Maricic who's cross come, shot hit Ivan Perisic in the face and flat-footed um, Handanovic. Um, if one of the best own goals I've seen in a long while um, if anyone gets a chance check out on YouTube it's, it's just brilliant just for the, the facials of Perisic um, but uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio equalised with a goal a mouth scramble then Felipe Anderson who is now one of the stars of the Premiership, yeah. doing really well for West Ham this season. Um, broke away, excellent through ball, and made it two-one. Lovely finish, and then a crazy last ten minutes where De Vrij gave a penalty, gave away a penalty, which a tucked away, and then a few minutes later, Corn comes in and Matthias Pacino heads home. Uh, one side of the Stadio Olimpico is absolutely bonkers, and the other side is just it's just quiet and into. Go through, uh, go through. They won the game, finished fourth,
1: and it was just a brilliant game to watch. Okay, very interesting. I will finish off with my last game um, in the UEFA Super Cup final in Tallinn, which Atlético won four two, scoring after only three minutes with through Diego Costa. Um, it was nice for me to complete a personal milestone and. Um, See all three UEFA European club finals live Champions League 2017 in Cardiff Europa League final in May in Lyon And the UEFA Super Cup final in Tallinn It was very, very special To watch a Madrid derby in a stadium With a capacity of only 12,000 Was quite surreal And I got in the ground quite early, Scott and um, that's two, that's they they had the, the they had the live images of um, of the players pulling up and the bus pulling up and you could almost see it pulling up from your seat because the the ground is so small, and they had that the live images of players getting out of the bus and I just remember Simeone's getting out of the bus and then throwing his uh, his coat jacket behind his shoulder, having previously spoken to his players and just walking in the direction of the stadium and it it was like a, I suppose it was like a general sending sending his soldiers to war where you, you know, you know what's happening, he's told them exactly everything that they, that's going to help them to be in the best frame of mind and they went hell for leather and they beat Uh, Real Madrid 4-2 They didn't just beat them They also wiped the floor with them Yes Extra time played a huge part But the fans stuck with them And they just overpowered them In the end And I would just um, uh, I would just uh, Give the the listeners uh, The the advice That if they do go to Tallinn It's a wonderful city To be able to walk around There's some nice walking tours there The Netherlands will play In that stadium Away to Estonia I believe In September I think Or I think yeah September, uh, it may even be October. So it will be nice to to see on the Dutch TV a stadium that I've uh, that I've been in before and uh, you know very very small one but a nice one non- nonetheless. And uh, yeah, it's just nice to just nice to complete the set and you feel all feel all top of the world and then you realise that UEFA are going to set up another European competition as of twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah I say bring back the Anglo Italian Cup or the Cup
1: Winners Cup indeed but it'd uh, be interesting to see what happens but uh, Scott would you like to tell the um listeners how they can contact you on Twitter
0: yeah, I was going to ask I, I also went to Roma Sesca In the Champions League Which was quite fun Okay. to watch a Champions League game At Roma I've been to This has been my second Hoping to go to my third <sighs> But that was quite a good game uh, Roma won the game 3-0 Against uh, Sesca, But the best part was The Sesca fans Who didn't stop All through the game And that was also uh, We also talked about this That was the infamous
1: Train incident Where Yeah, the, the, es- the escalators escaped. Goodness yeah. gracious yeah I was I was I was in the stadium of uh of uh Young re- getting ready for Ajax Benfica and I saw it come through on my Twitter and I automatically thought of you and then I realized that you and then I realized that you walk to the ho- yeah. from the hotel to the stadium from the hotel so I was quite relieved but in the in the moment you think oh is he okay but um yeah hopefully there wasn't too many injuries and uh, I think you might have to get a match ball on the 13th of Feb on the 12th of February I believe
0: yeah, match ball Hopefully get tickets For Roma Porto And maybe another Champions League game as well Hopefully In the distant future um, So I, I didn't mean to, to Swear aside uh, You can follow me On uh, on Twitter At Scott Monroe No, at Scott underscore Monroe I was going to say My old account there Okay um, Where I, hope, I did say I was going to Do a Palermo Piece, but I was a bit under the weather in the last week or so, so that will be done in the next couple of days.
1: Okay, well I'm sure the uh, I'm sure everyone's hoping that you get your ticket for Roma Porto, and uh, we will be keeping our fingers crossed. I will be I will be lining up Arsenal, Barty Borisov in February with a local kickoff time of five to six. So the the joys of the Europa League, but uh, everyone's got a, have a hobby, haven't they? Um, oh, of course. Listeners can contact me on at James Rowe and L. We'd like to point you in the direction of the Man on the Post podcast network featuring uh, Man on the Post extra time and unusual efforts and pieces of me uh, finally we'd like to thank all our listeners for putting up with us the last couple of months for all their um, all their retreats and their likes and their um, and we would like some new questions in the new year please don't be shy to pass through questions in 2019 we are quite small but we've gotten quite big and quite well known already so that's a good sign and finally we'd like to wish our listeners a very very Merry Christmas and um, Happy New Year best wishes for 2019 we will be uh, recording again in january so we'll be back uh, i believe at the beginning of january scott yes
0: yes i confirm that uh-huh. uh, we can we will set a date as well
1: yeah indeed so keep watch this space and keep an eye on the um, on the twitter feed also at man on the post um, twitter handle as well and finally listeners thanks once again for all your support it's very much appreciated and uh, speak to you in 2019 and always remember to keep your man on the post